Yeah, it wasn't that I was cruising round aisles or looking for bottles that stood out. It was more for a, from a flavour perspective. How did you do that then? I typed into Google what tastes like Glen Glen 18. <laughs> <laughs> can't believe you didn't make me say Port Natroon. Oh, we can. <laughs> Let's do that right now. Here, Julie, we, we, hear there's a, we hear there's a new distillery out in a, an island in the west of Scotland. Where is it? Is it Toravec, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Jason, you good? You there? Yeah, I am, yeah. Oh, good. All right. Oh, perfect, perfect. <clears throat> All right, cool. Three, two. Hello, Dram Facers. Welcome to... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Dram Facers. Welcome to the Dram Face Podcast, Episode Eight. I feel like we need a subtitle there, Roy. You know, in the in the Star Wars themes of like, what would this episode oh, yeah. be called? We'll insert that after. <laughs> Revenge of the Sherry. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Today I'm joined by Roy, Julie, Gordon, and Judge Dredd. How are we all? Very well, thanks. Good, thank you. Thank you. Great money. We'll back off the Judge Dredd. How are you doing, Jason? Not too bad, thank you. Yourself? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Unfortunately, I am still drinking water. I hope that you guys are not. That said, you're always welcome to be abstaining listening to the podcast um jason what's in the glass um in this one we have some cardu gold reserve that was which... a, a recent review on Dramface. yeah it's going down reasonably well so fine for the money now, now you scored that uh six out of ten now julian the dram face or was it a five out of ten apologies i thought you'd scored it as a six i thought it was a six uh, on the dram face on the dram face score a five out of ten is average. A mm-hmm. six out of ten is better than average. So you know, for a, for whiskies to get seven, eights, and nines is really, really good Hi. stuff. And I don't think we've had a ten yet. We've not had a ten, have we? And do you, are you do you allow zeros? No, actually. no, no. You have to score it at least one. Yeah, but I mean, score. I think I think the description next to score to, to score one is should not exist. Okay. Right. It is. It should not be this bad, but. Um, <laughs> I think a zero, Julie. I think a zero would probably be no review. It doesn't well, get talked yeah. about. I refuse to review it. Mm-hmm. Roy, what's in your glass? Uh, I've gone south of the border uh, for this drum, this drum face podcast episode. I've gone down to, um, <laughs> is it Denbyshire? Where I, I'm trying to remember where White Peaks is. I'm having a White Peak Wireworks. Um, I actually got this bottle through a friend, a, a generous friend. Um, I had to pay for it. I didn't get it for free, but I wouldn't have got it otherwise. So I'm, I'm very, very grateful to him. Um, you know who you are, buddy. I hope you're doing well. Uh, and um, I'm tearing through it. I'm really enjoying it. There's, It's rude how good this whiskey is, given its age. And I know we shouldn't say that, you know, given its age. It's just good whiskey. The age doesn't matter. Um, but it's 50.3%. Um, it's STR and bourbon. Um, I know a lot of people are kind of, STR is a Marmite cask for them. I enjoy it. I do quite like it. Um, and this is a very densely flavoured, rich whiskey. Um, I just, just yet another cracking malt to come out of England. The cheeky buggers. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, I didn't realise there was such a, a thing with STRs. The only STR I had was the, the, the Bimber. Very pleasant. Uh, that I don't know what Dr. Swan, there, isn't it? He, that was his mantra. Yes. And it does seem to work for um, imparting quite a bit of flavour. Um, for, for If you want to make whiskey flavoursome at a younger age, I think it's pretty powerful for that. I think the concern is when it can be a wee bit over-egged, like all active casks, I think. But this is a good one. This is a good whiskey. The bottle reminded me of the, of a Lindor's there. It's, uh... Well, I mean, I, I appreciate we're on a podcast so nobody can see this, but what what I, it's Wireworks, right? So this the distillery is actually in an old Wireworks. So this is actually all the wire strands that's coming down the neck here that's been ah, twisted, nice. you can see. So it's, cool. to, it's to mimic that, I think. It's one of the prettiest bottles I've got on the shelf. Um, I don't care too much about the bottles, but I think a nice bottle is something that you can appreciate. And uh, hopefully we didn't pay too much for the pleasure. It, this was quite expensive, actually. It was 65 quid. So for a new whiskey, you know, it's pretty much trading at the peak it can trade, I think, before people start to claim it as gouging a wee bit. But I think 60, 65 pounds for the flavour, uh, forget about everything else, is, uh, is worth it. I'm happy to have it. You can see I'm more than halfway through this, enjoying it. <laughs> it can't be that bad then, Roy. Nope. Julie, what are you what are you drinking? Uh, tonight I have gone for a little young Glen Talkers from Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. So it's eight years old. It's called French Four Spices, and it's from a first fill ex bourbon cask. Glen Talkers and Glen Burgay are my favourite space ciders. I bought this during lockdown, and I forgot about it actually because I was charging through it as well on Zoom calls and things like that. So I had put it away <laughs> in the shelf. So again, and despite it's, its single digit age and despite its high ABV, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. A drink, it's a drinkable one, right? Yeah, so this is 58.9%, which is pretty punchy. But um, yeah, it's lovely. Just a nice, nice little Glen Talker. Just as an aside, Julie, mm-hmm. remember last podcast we were talking about uh, SMWS names and things. And yeah. one of the ones, one of your favourite of our whiskies was Purple as Prince. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right, you know, it's... Um, and obviously that, and I mean, it doesn't talk a lot about flavour, but you can get what it's coming at purple. You're going to think about all those kind of dark fruits and things. But I was watching a podcast, an SMWS podcast in the States with Ben Diedrich, who's the guy in the States who uh, does the business development for them in the States. And he had Neil Patrick Harris on, uh-huh. uh, the actor, and they had to name a bottle. And Neil Patrick Harris pulled out the best name I've ever heard for an SMWS bottling. He's trying to come up with something for a young nine-year-old Kalila, and they were enjoying it. And he came up with "Distill My Peating Heart." <laughs> <laughs> that's good, is it not? That's, that's pretty good. I mean, it's got to—it's got to be like a thespianer that comes out with something <laughs> like that. I think maybe Doogie Crystal could pull out that. I don't know. He's a bit the only <laughs> thing that we've got in, in our armory. That's right. Sorry, that's right. Are we, are we aside there. I thought it was quite interesting. Actually, out of curiosity, Julie, do you use the the colour coding or the the SMWS classifications when you're shorthanding to, to see oh. if you're interested or not? Well, or see, you... to be honest, I, I was actually thinking about it tonight when, coincidentally, I was thinking about it, but when I was <laughs> lifting the, the bottle down off the shelf, so these these are newer labels and they, they now have the band around the top with the colour code on it whereas before like I've got old bottles that there was no such thing but when they started this so there's a stripe here and then there's a, a ring around the neck and they're all this colour <laughs> it's either this or green for peaty. Aye so, right. 
it's uh, clearly the the direction I've been going in. So I think this is a fruity, fruity and dark, fruity and spicy. I can't remember. Oh, good. Purple, purple works. I really. took some oh. photos at the whiskey club on Monday night, so, oh, so I might be able to tell you in a second. SMWS bottles are a total mystery to me. I have no idea what's going on. I don't know what the codes mean. I don't know what the colours mean. It's just berserk. Yeah, yeah I mean, an, it, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think um, it's funny. You don't go looking for the character, the, 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 the distillery character, right? It is really about the uniqueness. Um, yeah. I remember I didn't quite grasp that when I had first joined. And I went hunting for, I was like, Glengoyne Daft at the time. I was like, give me Glengoyne, give me Glengoyne. And then the first Glengoyne that came out, it was all ex-bourbon. Um, yeah. Oh, it's nothing like what I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there, there is, they can justify these colours and you can see what they've been going for. I don't know how much time, how much I spend, you know, looking for a particular colour. Maybe I do. But the one that you've been holding up there, one you've been buying a lot of, according to this wee uh, tasting mat that I took a photo of with John McShane on Monday night yeah. um, at Glasgow Whiskey Club is sweet, fruity and mellow is the profile. So okay. you, I think you're close. And the paler one is young and sprightly. And the darker kind of purple one is spice, spicy and sweet. So I yeah. Uh, does that mesh actually, Julie? Does that mesh? What was it? What did you say, Roy? It was sweet, uh, fruity, and sweet, mellow. Yeah, sweet, fruity, mellow. Would, would do you think that would sum up the it, things that it, you reach for typically? Then out of curiosity, um, not all the time, not all the time. But I do have a lot of this color. Um, right. But no, I've got I've got a fair few um, pale green and dark green ones, which are lightly peated and heavily peated. Right. So yeah, I like I like my peaty whiskey as well. But um, yeah, I heard that they're going to change this. Yeah, again, changing. I like it. I like the shorthand of it. Personally, you like I the like colours. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Was it I not? Think once you get it, once you get it, and once you understand it, then yeah. But I still don't understand half of them, and I worked for them. Like, so it's yeah. um. Yeah, I, I, think I think there's going to be a point, lot of whiskies that you can put in more than one color. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a problem, I, right? I, I think at one point they had, a, I think the color was even a position on the label, which I liked. I liked yes. that it, it sort of it denoted where it was. It was, and that helped the anti-color blindness thing, right? Oh, right, it actually moved. Yeah, if, oh, if I'm not okay. mistaken. And and it, for me that was an indi- a further indicator. But hey ho, no, well, I'd like, well, I'd, I'd, I mean. Well, I think that I mean I think most of it's just garbage, personally. But I th- I think they should they should just stick an outturn with no numbers, no nothing, and people blindly have to buy and then reveal it further on. Mm. You know, it seems a bit restrictive to and revealing what though, and revealing the flavor of it. Maybe maybe then then you could reveal the distillery number. You know. Oh, okay. And All right. So actually, not tell people the distillery and then... yeah, yeah, and just. Just let uh-huh. you know, because you know people always go for a twenty-four or a what's Kleinlish? Is it twenty-eight from memory? Twenty-six. Twenty-six. <laughs> yeah, twenty-four is Glen Elgin. We had one of those. Um, Roy's got them. Roy's got his shorthand tattooed on the inside of his wrist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got the SMWS codes and a, a forearm tattoo. Like, look at see see how they've moved the band there, Julie. To, to uh, the, okay, I see the it. Color, but this is yeah. a previous bottling to yours. Okay. You notice the logo's older, so they did update yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Ah, there you go. Changing it about every three years now. I, think. I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good one because actually one of the topics is going to be uh, labeling or, or branding. So we'll come back around to that. 
Gordon, what's what's in the glass? I have got <clears throat> this evening a Glen Scotia eight year old festival bottling for this year. Oh, and nice! Ooh. And as you can see, I'm doing a Roy and I'm <laughs> oh, ripping the arse out of it as they say. Yeah, good. <laughs> um, but I am I'm all over Glen Scotia at the minute. I just think what they're doing is is great. Um, and this one started off really tight, like kind of sweet caramel but now it's becoming a bit of a peaty monster now that's interesting to me yes you gordon you're what you're a couple of years in now you're deep in the rabbit hole you're you're you are deep. yes but you're only a couple of years in right stage two stage two <laughs> <laughs> have you do you think that the the neck pour is a thing mm-hmm. very much so well, there's an example, you know, I opened that bottle um, and my first statement was, this has no peat in it. Ha, ah, yeah. And now, I mean, it's down at the top of Campbelltown text and it's, uh, my pour tonight was very much peaty. So, um, yeah, I think the neck pour is a thing. Even a, sh- even a shoulder pour, I mean, that. It's taken till now to really get the peak. Yeah, in yeah. I usually find that once a bottle drops past the shoulder, that's when it starts to really. Um, and I know that you know some people will say that no, it's stable, it doesn't change, and all of that kind of thing. And that you know, the, I don't know if the science can actually measure it, but we feel it and we taste it, mm-hmm. and that, I think that's all that matters. And it really does affect my experiences with bottles. Do you think it happens every time? No, not for every whiskey. I think Springbank it really does. The local barleys just keep yeah. They they need to be opened, though, right? That's what you Mm -hmm. mean. They need to be opened. Yeah, Yeah. they're just a trick, you know. Yeah, I think if it's a lighter whiskey, a forty percent ABV or something like that, maybe I don't know. I don't want a broad brush, but I think it's maybe less so. But I also talked to Roddy on Thursday night on the V Pub. We were talking about this bottle shock idea. If you get a bottle delivered, if you're anything like me, you know it's it's like a kid with a new toy. As soon as the bottle's in the door, you're you're popping it open and trying it. And we talked about the idea of bottle shock delivery. It's been in, you're getting jiggled about in the back of the truck and it turns up cold off the back of the truck and leave it for a couple of days before you open it, let it settle. And in my experience, again, that's a thing. And I didn't really know if it was a thing. Apparently bottle shock is something in wine, but I spoke to Roddy and I said, do you think bottle shock's a thing? And Roddy looked at me and he went, of course it's a thing. Why, why would you think it any differently? Um, so I uh, I think that it's, I was, it's interesting there because you're obviously uh, um, discovering these things, Gordon, and I wondered if it was a discovery that you'd... So. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, most whiskies I try are for the first time um, at the minute. Um, and my experience from cap to the bottom is constantly changing i mean how can it not you put it in your glass and an hour later it tastes a lot different so mm-hmm. why wouldn't it do that in the bottle because you're opening a cork and exposing it so yeah it makes kind of sense that as you go down the bottle you're introducing more air and thus uh, evaporation yeah, um, yeah uh, the interaction it's the chemical soup you know somebody should start a series of reviews chucking the empty bottles into the bin so they can talk about these kind of things don't you think that'd be a good idea sorry i'll I'll edit that bit well i was no i was gonna i was gonna segue to that but i think gordon you touched on it interesting as well though that um we seem to fascinate or we roy you do you often talk about the neck pour but then we don't talk about everything else in between and Mm. gordon you're saying you know like you're enjoying 
the whole process and, and I know Roy in your re- recycle reviews that is the premise of it and I, I think I appreciate that uh, and most everyone does that it's it's then coming from the full journey the full right. experience have you ever had have you guys ever had a bottle change dramatically and or flatten out but then also come back out of curiosity oh no so no yeah, once it's flat, once it's rounded out, I've never had it become vibrant again or, or, or no, I haven't had that, no, not to my memory. I don't think I've had any bottle go flat. It doesn't last that long. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably my problem. Yeah. I had it, I had it with a Glengoyne 21 that um, as I got towards the sort of midway point, it was doing zero and then on the last third, it kind of came back round. Um so Were you drinking it alongside other things? I know that sounds like a really obvious thing to ask, but like, you I don't know, think you're so. No, I think something that was really vibrant and really and like kind of put peeled it into the. Background. No, I think I, 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 you know, I'm I'm really not good at actually doing too many ABs and and up, ha, things up against one another. I need to do that more, but um, no, I think it was in isolation. It was just weird. Yeah, I was sad as well because you know I, I don't think I'm I don't think I'm going to be buying twenty one anytime soon. Uh, it's 185 pounds now at the distillery. I heard. Uh, um, the, I bought, the last the last 21 year old I bought was 100 pounds. Yeah, so I think. Oh, incredible. you put it quite. What was the? What was it? You'll always have a place in my heart, just not on my shelf. That was that yeah. cut deep. That cut deep. <laughs> uh, well, it, it's, it cuts deep for me because guess what? I mean, 2005 it was Glen Goyne. I'd, I owe my entire whiskey journey to that I that see. distillery. Um, so it's always going to have a place in my heart, but I can't buy their whiskey anymore. It's too dear. There's, it's in amongst far too much competition. Sorry, none. none so, that's it. Completely, you're yeah. done. I mean, you can still buy it here and there for 145. Um, you know, uh, the distillery shop for some unknown reason, Glen Goyner, like a lot of distillery shops, seem to be dearer when you make the pilgrimage to the bloody distillery. <laughs> and that should I, be subsidised. I, I don't know why that. that's a thing. I hate that. I oh, hate really. that. It leaves yep. such a bitter taste in, in Absolutely. Can you imagine you're, you're, paying 185 for that 21-year-old? You get on your tour bus, you're really ah. chuffed, you share it with your pals, you sit down and your pal says, I've got, I've got that as well. How much was that? 185 quid? Oh, I got I mine for 110. <laughs> and you bought yours at the site at the distillery, right? It's just... Um, anyway, I'm not suggesting you can still buy it for 110, uh, but it's not. It's more expensive than that. But yeah, yeah, that happens. I'm glad. I'm, it's interesting to hear that it bothers you too. And I can see Jason was nodding his head. And uh, it's it's if people, it's the word pilgrimage we used it in a previous podcast. I think it's a thing, and it's nice for you to put something in people's. Don't don't give them a discount. You know, don't make it cheaper, but don't 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 over don't charge them a premium for it. This is one of the main kind of barriers for people like me who listen to guys like you saying that, you know, I love the 21. I'll I'll never buy a 185 quid whiskey, so I'll never know what that tastes like. Well, well listen to the naivety. Oh, wait, listen wait, wait, to wait. the naivety. That's, that's, that's a time capsule, Gordon. I'm giving <laughs> yeah. it less than a year. <laughs> till, I, till, till I buy a 185 pound whiskey. I, I give it. I give <laughs> it before the end of twenty twenty three. I was going to say that I would get. I would give it to the end of twenty twenty two. No. Yeah, honestly, that your tolerance for the price of whiskey is. Well, let's wait and see. 
Well, I reckon if Jason, I reckon if Jason puts another, a wee bit of pressure on, it could be by the end of this podcast. <laughs> listen, listen, I'm on a tight leash. I need to be careful. <laughs> As know, he's leathering it's, through, is is open a wee browser. <laughs> then, then you start looking at you know cheaper, cheaper schools for your kids and stuff. You know, yeah. <laughs> your priority changes. The do, you want a good education, do you want a good education or a happy daddy? <laughs> did they still do the small bottle of that <laughs> they used to do a oh, 20 cl of that yeah i'm not sure they they, never... they used to they used they definitely used to they were that was one thing glenn going was very good for having a huge miniature collection selection yeah. and also the 20 cls jason you're spot on actually i think they do they did a little tasting trio right at one point. Yeah, you could take the little plastic uh, Perspex packs where they had the three in a, uh, a little tasting pack. Um, and then, but they had, you know, you just walk up to the, the, the point of sale and they had lots of miniatures there as well. But right. I, I do remember um, the 20 CL Glen Goins. In fact, I think I had my first 15 year old Glen Goin was a 20 CL. Um, pretty sure. I, I, I don't know if they're still doing it. I don't. But I can see how that would be attractive. However, it's still going to be an expensive way to buy that 21-year-old whiskey. And for me, if they're going to charge £185 for it, you know, they're they're trying to be a Macallan uh, because they're, they're still bringing it out at 43%. It's still chill fill up and things. I don't know, it's the geek whinge. But if they're going to charge us more money, they should be giving us more. Um, and we've kicked the backside out of that. We, we just, I guess we don't need to, it's just another whiskey that's gone for us, I suppose. Well, you, you say that and Gordon was sort of, probing there saying really you'll never buy another Glengoyne I'll, I'll, I'll say what Roy won't say is if he sees a teapot drama at an okay price <laughs> he'll buy that he'll still buy that that's there's probably truth in that yes <laughs> and it depends I mean I would try it as well and the, the reason that Gordon's so naive about I'm never going to buy 185 pound whiskey he's not stood at that festival quietly chatting away picking up a drink oh would you like to try one of oh I'd love to try that and he takes us he's got a thousand people around of him and all he can hear is his own blood going around his body <laughs> and he just doesn't know what's just happened to him and that's what's, how much is this and it's almost like he doesn't care what he's going to hear next <laughs> he's he's already known that this is going to be be purchased he just we'll knows reach a it. point where it's if it's under 200 it's okay that's fine if it's under i'm not going to any festivals that's it <laughs> no way I don't or any tasting <laughs> nothing that's it I, it's not worth it though, though, it? that's the, the bottom line i think well, it's not, but we should give our balanced account of Glengoyne, though, with the relation to that, Gordon. I don't know if you've seen um, the four dummies, the Scotch four dummies. There's a great uh, moment where Sean is drinking. I think yeah. it's the 20, 21, Roy, or is no, it No, it's the it's 25. 20, it's, 25. I actually, I actually that's my, my claim to fame there is that that's I gave them the samples for that. So right. I took a 25-year-old to just meet up Drew and uh, Mark in Edinburgh, and they were they were heading it back. He said, "No, we're going to take us back, and we'll share it with Sean and uh, and Andrew." And I said, "Well, okay, l- let me send you another one then, so you've got enough to share around." So I shipped over another one. So they had two of these, and they sat and they'd been out at a compass box tasting that day. So they were in the perfect place to try that whiskey. Honestly, you don't you don't go to a twenty five cold. You know, you build up to it, if, especially if it's your first. And they're sitting there, they're just chatting away, chatting away, and. Uh, Sean, who I love listening to, by the way, probably you do as well, Gregor, yeah, yeah. Um, on the Scotch for Dummies, and it, he takes his sip of it, and his eyes flutter, 
And they, they flutter. They kind of do this bizarre thing. And he takes a breath and he looks up at the thing and he looks back in the glass and he's totally checked out. He's not in the conversation at all. And then he starts to swear. And it's like, and he's, he's like, guys, have you tasted this? And, and you can just see this moment. And then there's a, somebody took a screenshot of it and it became known as the whiskey gasm. <laughs> um, and it's that that and now, now remember back that was when back and when Glengoin 25 was cheap it was only 240 quid um so you know it would have been one of those kind of you you want it to be a compelling thing you want it to do that to you I'm going to argue that if that was the first or second whiskey he'd ever had he would have just enjoyed it Sean yeah. was at a point of really sure. appreciating um <clears throat> something that was different that he'd never really tasted before at that point yeah, I I can back that up as well. I remember, um, which is it's a Longmorn Longmorn sixteen, right? The oh, old yeah. green, yeah. the old green. Yeah. I had heard you guys talk about it, and I was still early in my journey, but I knew I, I would like to try that. So I think I managed to get the last a last few out of the UK, even um, at an okay price. And I hadn't. I, I I think I opened it pretty soon after, and I didn't think much of it. <laughs> quite honestly um and then i went back to it about a year later and because i think you've always said or it's acknowledged it's a you know a, a whiskey drinker's whiskey um and it was a different dram or i was a different palate but it was yeah night and day it was amazing yeah yeah um peaches, peaches gordon, and cream oh it's so good i think i've still got one tucked away uh, gordon that bottle I, I did come close to pulling the pin on that that was one of the few that tested my no bat no bottle ban um the glen scotia how, the glen scotia yeah how how's it how is it yeah i know you're saying you've, you're halfway through but well i'm a wee bit biased because i love glen scotia um i i was exposed to glen scotia just at the point where springbank became kind of a non-entity and i've got a mentality of if i can't get it i'm not interested so um i kind of went chips in on glen scotia and i love the victoriana i love the the 15 um i got a bottle from calendar drinks co a kind of single cask and a just just decadence you know beautiful whiskey so this one is more kind of in the line of victoriana so already i'm on board but it's got that like i say the pt base now is really coming through so i'm really enjoying it it's i think it's always going to be hard to trump victoriana just because that's kind of like a flavor monster for me um I agree. But, I think Victorian is better than twenty-five. Oh, nice! Oh, I like goodness. that. I like that boldness. <laughs> well, I've not, I've not tried anything like eighteen, twenty-five, anything. Like that. I've, I've kind of topped out at fifteen, and then the Victoriana. So, no, I really like it. I think the peatiness adds a different slant to the Glen Scotia. I know they have peat content in all the other bottles, but this one's more prominent, and I really quite like it. Well, yeah. I, I don't want to dwell because we spent a lot of time talking about the Victoriana Review in the last podcast, I think, Gregor, right? Um, but what we will do mm -hmm. is we'll we'll go through uh, the in the comments, Wally posted in the maturation of Victoriana. Did anybody appreciate just how big a deal this is? Uh, so this is pasted in verbatim straight from uh, Glen Scotia, and it says, for the initial spirit makeup, it's approximately 70% 10-year-old unpeated first fill bourbon matured. Then 10% 12-year-old medium-peated first-fill bourbon, and 20% is 16- to 18-year-old unpeated refill American oak mature. That makes sense for it to be that long and being refill, right? Then it goes on. The different parcels of spirit are vatted, 
and filled into 30% first fill PX and 70% first fill heavily charred American oak. That's the taste profile that you're connecting with, I think, Gordon. From our own cooperage, it says. Oh, of course, the Loch Lomond cooperage. It's typically a four-minute burn to get the heavy char, but can vary depending on the condition of the barrel. The spirit is finished for 12 months before being vatted together and filled off into refill American oak barrels uh, uh, to marry before bottling. So what we're the lead time there from, yeah, we need more Victoriana to actually more Victoriana appearing on the shelf is 18 months to two years. Hmm. That's that's astonishing to me, right? It's just... Well, um, they, they do, because um, I know certainly for Glasgow's Whiskey Festival in February, there we, we were right to the wire with Gary, who's the Glen Scotia... Um, Yep. I can't remember Gary's position, sales, brand ambassador. Yeah. But but he was right to the wire to see if he could get stock because they were they were so short on everything he didn't know whether he was going to be able to come. And he did, which was yeah. great. But yeah. you know. So they are like that they, they, they take it to the wire. Yeah. And I think that um the word is getting out about obviously on the Campbelltown hype that's sparked by uh Springbank, of course, but uh Coquerin's already gone from the shelves. And I think Glen, it looks like Glen Scotia could become a demand malt as well. Oh, I do on. have a concern, and this is a big concern for you, Gordon. Despite Springbank being a demand malt, they keep What the is a demand malt? You can't uh, just, get it anywhere. Yeah, you can't <laughs> get it anywhere, and it's in danger of the price being amped, either by the producer or by the secondary market. If it's by the secondary market, fine, we can't throw dirt at the producer, obviously. Springbank deserves some of those cuts. They're not getting it, fine. Demand doesn't really summarise it, though, does it? Okay, let me finish. Let me finish, <laughs> yeah. and then I'll pass over to you so that you can... Then you um, can cross... Uh, yeah. Cross, yeah. <laughs> I, I do have a concern, and the reason that I brought it up is that is that just because there's demand for something doesn't mean you should charge it, right? Mm. Um, it's, you know, you can, you can obviously... You're running a business, you say, right, okay, we're at a stage now, we've invested in this, we can charge a bit more. Fine. You've still got to compete with your peers. If you overcharge or if you try to set a new benchmark to pre-MIs, to oversell, whatever it is, however you justify it, I think that shows a lack of integrity and a very short-term uh, strategy or a short-term mindset. And I think that people have uh, pockets, have long memories, bank accounts have long memories, right? Um, and people have long memories when they feel stung or when they feel betrayed by something that they loved. And I think there's too many producers out there. Ian McLeod is, is we've talked about with Ryan Goins. Tam Dew is rife right now. It's, it's terrible. £195 for their 18-year-old uh, release that's come out. It's Yeah, I know, Julie, it's £195. It's 18-year-old, beautiful whiskey. There's no doubt it's going to be great whiskey. But that's gone from Tam Who uh -huh. to a 200-quid whiskey. Uh, uh, McAllen's put 40 or 50 years into putting themselves in the luxury goods aisle, right? And and that's, so there, that's a positioning, that's a strategy move. I think it comes off as um, forgetting the people, me, who loved that distillery, and it's now not a distillery that I can touch anymore. Yeah. Um, Springbank are not guilty of that. You can still go in and buy the 10-year-old for the same price as we demonstrated on this podcast is 2014, right? All, their core range, okay, the higher age statements are becoming more expensive. But when you're paying a big, stupid price for your spring banks over in the States, that's not the distillery that's charging that. That's the supply chain. It's the distributor and the retailers that's taking that. That's not fair. I think Glen Scotia has a bit of a danger of, of maybe being a wee bit greedy. We need to watch. 
So I'm right behind them. I'm with you, Gordon. I think they're bringing amazing stuff. Uh, I think it's down to a very few individuals in that company that's turning the whole thing around and bringing us just amazing stuff from Loch Lomond and Glen Scotia. They need to keep the lid on the price. Mm, agreed. I think if they get greedy, uh, you know, enthusiasts are fickle at the best of times, but when there's millions of whiskey out there, which there is today, we can be super fickle. We can take our money elsewhere yeah, quickly. I think that Arse has got to fall out the secondary price. Have you noticed the price is softening? Wait, but I have to Aye. take it. Yeah, I was, looking, I was looking at an auction um, the other day, but I was still balking at the, you know, at the Springbank Madeira cast because I do still follow and see where it is. Yeah, <laughs> it was eighty eighty five, I think, when I was when I bought it the first time, and now it's hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Ah, oh, I know, I know. And it's drinking whiskey; it's not fair. It's people that don't even mm. drink it that are doing oh, that. I think I think all whiskey's drinking whiskey. <laughs> I know that, that. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I mean, no, and I, I, no, I appreciate what you mean, and it's not, it's not, it's not tattered up in a in a showcase or anything. No. it's just put out there in standard. Springbank bottles, strengths, but yeah. it's just, uh, and it's put out there. And, and if Springbank bring out a seventeen-year-old and they charge eighty-five quid for it, that's literally how much it costs to put that on the price on the shelf at a fair price. They put Kilkerran's sixteen-year-old out at sixty quid. That tells you how much a sixty-quid natural whiskey costs. They're not; they're the one of the most least efficient distilleries on the planet, and they're but showing us how much. Aye, we do. I paid, Roy, I paid. I paid one hundred and fifty US for that sixteen. Not oh. secondary. That's 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 retail. That's, that's what happens it's, when it's all the taxes and charges, isn't it? It's just yeah. yeah. I'm not sure, um, Julie. I, I think I think that the supply chain look at it and say we can get more for that, and they take it. Um, the distributor takes it. The agent, I think so too. I think the, it's the a retailer bit like, takes it. Yep. You remember when they used to have only so many films, movies to go around the world, right? The actual film would yeah get that's right. the canister would. I think they wait to see how it does in Europe, and then. There's another little bit for mm. them. Aye, uh, absolutely. So that's a demand movie then, because Jason was uh, Jason. Jason was asking what I meant by a demand malt. Um, I know. Do you want Do you want to cross prosecute now, uh, Jason? <laughs> cross Cross examine. A cross examine. Sorry. <laughs> no, I just think of all malts as in demand, apart from Jura. But um, I think. <laughs> oh, tremendous! So you're so you're just it's... thinking about. Yeah, I know what I know the the type of whiskies you're saying, um, but I was trying to think of a better word to summarize it, but I, I haven't I haven't come to it yet. Yeah, I mean, I just came up with that demand malts thing just off the the cuff. I mean, it might not be a good way to, but I think it, you know people understand what I mean. It's priced based on the demand, not on the cost, or not on what they need to make back on it. It's just because they can charge it. Um. um you know, there are, there are people out there in whiskey, companies included, that still do not do that. They don't do that. They they charge a fair price. Angus Dundee charge a fair price. Springbank charge a fair price. And, you know, as long as that they do, I think we'll shout and celebrate them. Uh, so many indies out there charge a fair price. Um, There's a know. flip side, though, that, you know, you should be pricing your whiskey for what it's worth as well. You know oh, if it's if it's good whiskey, if it's yeah. a, if, if it's an exceptional whiskey, yeah, yeah I remember Dougie, uh, sorry, not uh, Fred Lane coming on, um, and saying, look, he said sometimes when we get really good casks, we don't put yeah. it out there at the standard pricing. No way, he said because all we're doing is lining 
the secondary markets pockets. We've created that. We've matured that. We've we've curated that. We've brought it to that point. We should be able to chat. And I remember Jason reaching out to me for two North Stars last year saying, look, and Jason doesn't really get in touch unless it's an exceptional whiskey, right? And there <laughs> was a North shot me Star down. Bamorna. Yeah, and <laughs> there was a North Star Bamor and a North Star Longmorn. And I went, ooh. And I looked at the prices and I went, I won't say what I said, right? I went, <laughs> what? Because it was 175 for the Bamor, yeah. an 18-year-old Bamor, and it was 150 for the Longmorn. Sorry, did I say Longmorn? I think I did. The other yeah. one was Longmorn. Yeah. So then a sample appears. I don't know if Jason might have sent me one of the samples. I don't know. Um, but the sample appears, and then I get to try a club night, Julie, I think it was, for the Bamor. I can't remember. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. And I knocked on my backside. Yeah. And then you realize we're not drinking an 18-year-old Bamor. We're yeah. drinking 175 quid's worth of whiskey experience. Right. We really are. That's right. um, and, and you have to, I think the thing is, and this is where I'll kind of fight the fight for indie bottling, you know, like it's not mass produced. It's not, you know, it's not a sum of hundreds of different casks. It's at the very most going to be a small batch. Yep. So, you know, it's, it's getting harder and harder to buy whiskey you know like and and get good casts and look after them and spend the time and invest the time to do that that you know we have to acknowledge that fact just as you've rightly said there like with Fred, like yeah acknowledge that it's not the same when we bottle things like um 10 year old Lefroy and people will say to me well what's the difference between that and a 10 year old Lefroy for the supermarket yeah or that, the difference between that 10 year old glenn murray and the one i can get you know it's explaining the the differences in the in the whiskey to people and that's a that's a tall order right i mean yeah you're trying to bridge a huge gap there of well it's the same name and it's the same this for most consumers right um that's right we are a small percentage here's Um, the here's the post sorry gregor just to finish this off i think here's the post that's put wind in my sails um talking about all this this is from whiskey broker and whiskey broker is uh as we know one of the better value but um, let's say they're very good at releasing interest in whiskies, but occasionally there's gems amongst that, right? It's just, it's one of those bottlers that's kind of quite maverick and out there. But they're always kind of direct, I feel. Anyway, Whiskey Broker put this post today saying, still dealing with con artists of which there appear to be many in the industry. Several casks of six-year-old whiskey with a trade price of maybe £1,500 each, which could therefore be purchased for £2,000 by anybody on the street, have been transferred with a supposed value of around 40 grand each. A fast way to lose 280,000 pounds. I regularly hear the market value is what people are prepared to pay for it as justification for why our bottle prices are too low and other people's are perfectly reasonable. Just because somebody will pay it doesn't mean you should charge it. The above example is immoral and the person should be in jail. Unfortunately, the legal system means that they'll probably get nothing worse than a mention in rogue traders and they can bankrupt their company and move on to the next unsuspecting person. I am unfortunately seeing ads on Instagram and uh, Facebook right now for this very bullshit. And I think yeah. that we need to call it out. But just because it's a polished, well-produced advert does not mean it's legitimate. This is what's driving the cask price. This is what's driving the price. This is why you can't buy a Kalila for less than the official bottling anymore. All the indie Kalilas are, are on a parity or, or higher. Um, it's the cask trading thing. And as Julie mentioned, the arse is going to have to fall out at some point. It can't continue. 
it's there has to be it has to stop you know like I, I think because I, the secondary market was always a brilliant thing it was always a brilliant thing that you could find gems and you could find things that you had you know that you thought were long gone and they would turn up because somebody would find it in their cupboard and think I'm never going to drink that and they would sell it yep but now what it's become is people who have got programs in their, their systems and all the rest of it that throws it all out for ballots and all these different things. And not everybody's got the time and the effort and the capacity to to put in with ballots to stop these things happening. So they, they all send out, they grab all these whiskies and then people that genuinely want them don't get to buy them because, you know, somebody's bought it because they're going to make a fast 30 quid, 100 quid, 50 quid, whatever it is they're going to make. And it just, if that bit stopped, the secondary market's a brilliant thing. If that bit stopped, but you're mm. never you're never going to be able to control it because you've got no control over who buys it. And and I have to hold my hand up. I'm part of the problem. I can't evangelise about whiskies and then complain when there's demand for whiskies, right? It's We are all, all part of the problem. I think that whiskey has become such a commodity now, su- such a a hot topic for for enjoyment honestly but also mostly for investment that it means that people with a lot more money than us we just can't compete with them they don't right. care if they oh that's the next in vogue whiskey how much is it 300 quid 400 500 800 quid they just pay for it because it's couch change to them mm-hmm. but really for us i mean that's four times what gordon's willing to ever pay in his life <laughs> right. so, i do um and, I do fight someone in the auctions because I, I buy a, a specific distillery a lot, but there's nothing more annoying than you, you see it a couple of weeks later appearing on one of these secondary um, retail sites for £1,200, you know, three times what they paid for it or something. That's another group you're competing against who've just got the, the buying power of a business behind them just to yeah. bump up the price again. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And we're up against the, the automated things. and every, Yeah, we need to flip it. Do one of your pivots, big guy. Bring us well, back it's a, it's positivity. A soft, it's, a soft, it's a soft pivot because it does involve Springbank and it does involve secondary. And I know that's taken this podcast down a, a spiral a few times. But, Julie, I was reminded when you were last on our podcast that there was a 21-year-old auction bottle coming from Springbank. And we did... I don't know if you remember. Ooh, we, took, we predicted. We we, we guessed we what did. they were going to go for. Yeah. Did you did you did you happen to see what it then finally went for? Yes. <laughs> or or the highest bid for whatever you know. It was twelve thousand two hundred and seventy five pounds. No, I didn't. We were all dancing. We were dancing around a grand here or there, like a twelve hundred or a fifteen. Well, I figured. I figured if it was a big outturn of a few hundred bottles, we would. We would. It would see the hundreds. I said five hundred. What a clown, right? But that's why I just don't get involved in this game because I don't have a clue. So, um, but I mean, the, the good thing about that is that we, that's a bottle that we want to to go for twelve, fifteen grand yes. of nonsense, right? Yeah. Because hopefully the money's going to end up helping somebody that's really in trouble that was the one that they auctioned yes yes so i did see two bottles in an auction just a regular auction uh going for um i think 15 and 1600 i think all right 15 and 1600 yeah Yeah. just for the regular one that everyone was able to get right okay how, how many were there julie do you know 
I don't know. Don't you don't know how much it was? Yeah, I don't know. Listen, fair play. These are the bottles that need to get. They can go sky high as they like. It's not. But that's but those ones weren't. Those ones are private bottles that people have bought and then flipped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway. The thing is that to get the good bit that you really like, you have to take the bad bit that you don't like. And that's yes. unfortunate with anything in whiskey. That's part of there's, it right now, isn't it? There's really good bits of the secondary market and there's really bad bits like everything else. So. Here, here. I love the pragmatism. Good. Well, I got I got a really good little bit from the community comments on an, on an article, a uh, review, sorry. And I wanted to pull that in and, and pivot into a conversation around that. It was... Um, Alan was commenting on the Glenlivet 2007 um, review, and he wrote, if you remember the bottle, it's the one that's got a... It's quite Is that a, a sponge? Cartoony, yeah, sponge, sorry. Yeah, it's got quite a, a cartoon-like label. Uh, and he said, might just be me. I'm not a fan of the cartoon-like labels. Not sure if it's somewhat a mm. uh, gouache attempt to appeal to younger audiences. I uh, can't see that working at this price, it says. But I'd rather a plainer label with just relevant information on, and that doesn't include resurrecting long forgotten myths to invoke a sense of mystery. And I think it was really well written, really well pointed as well. I kind of wanted to float that topic out to us all about branding and styling and packaging. What do we all think about that? Does it, does it affect us? Are you, are you influenced in any way? That's, that's just a, it's a redundant question. Because see, for everybody that says, no, it doesn't affect me, they're talking shite. Because it's my, it was my job for 10 years, and it's amazing how much you can screw with people by just putting up an image and suggest that it's how it's going to their company's going to trade or something, a brand or uh, a product or whatever it is. And you just put it up there. They're so emotionally invested. When and we came on tonight and you lifted the Wireworks bottle and poured a dram, you were like, I immediately asked you what it was. Yeah. Because I thought it was Lindor's as well. You were saying that. Um, Aesthetics yeah. are way, way, way more important than any of us. You know, like it's so striking. Yeah. But and I, I know that one of the biggest reasons that people love the Whiskey Sponge series is because of the labeling. Yeah. People love the, the labeling on it. Um, and I appreciate that that one on that Glenlivet is, it was a bit, uh, it was quite extreme, that dark red scheme and things. But generally, the the whiskey, the fun and the humour of the whiskey sponge satire has been carried straight into the labels, and it it fits perfectly. There's but a it's lot not of got, jokes from sponge. Absolutely, there's Easter eggs in it, and absolutely, uh, yeah, and and people are gonna people are gonna look at it and say, "Oh, I like that," or they're thinking of it. Is this something I want to have in my shelf? As something that looks quite fitting of what they perceive Scotch whiskey to be, or something. So it's very, very emotive as a, as a topic, absolutely. It's interesting uh, because one of the comments that I pulled out from Jeff Whiskey says, the top review, Wally, even if it did make me hungry for frazzles and cheese, Sarney, uh, glad <laughs> that someone else finds the rebrand an improvement. This is on the Ben Romack contrast series. Glad that someone else finds the rebrand an improvement over the mild-mannered, hand-scribbled label style. Really enjoy the 15 and debate and diving into the more hardcore releases when we get a chance. Cheers, that's from Jeff Whiskey. So... There's a lot of people kind of went because that kind of Soviet era socialist type branding that Ben Romack went for. I thought it was twice as good. Gregor's mm. Gregor's put his thumb down. He doesn't like it. I but, like it, but you do like Mary it. American. Oh, very much so. Yeah. And I think the big difference is that see when you walk into the Bonacord and you glance up at the gantry, the Ben Romacks are shouting from the shelf. Whereas in the past, especially when the bottle was half full, you didn't have a. You just could vaguely have an idea it was a Ben Romack. You couldn't read the white 
a scribble. You couldn't, you had no idea what it was. There was no impact. I felt it was insipid yeah, the is the best one. way. That's the yeah. new styling, yeah. Okay. yeah. I was in the classic laddie, you know, as yeah. an example. Classic laddie, oh, you walk into a pub. Yeah, yeah those yeah. those are two those are two opposites of mm. a, a re, or personally of success, right? Clear, absolutely. The laddie. But I'll give genius. but I'll give another example that does it in a very different way. Daft Mill. I hadn't finished, Your Honour. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Go for it, Roy. Well, Daft Mill is really quite delicately. There's nothing fancy about Daft Mill at all. But you could walk in and you see Daft Mill from 50 paces. You can spot it. It doesn't need to be Deglo um, or, or anything. It just needs to be, you know, distinctive and clear and, and just say what it is and be true to what it is, I think. Branding is way more important than anybody. Um, but I would, proffer, I would proffer the Ben Romick is successful only because the bar was so low set prior. <laughs> I was... Um, I was... We were, I had to write a magazine article and it was on Gordon McPhail and we never did it because the pandemic came out, but we got taken into the, we were spent a day with them and we took them into the G&M tasting room um, with all the samples. And uh, one of the directors pulls out the new brand and this was way before anybody had seen it and asked us for our opinion. And there was like a moment of silence, <laughs> just taking <laughs> yeah. in how, how difficult it was and actually trying to, you know, come up with something positive because it was such a dramatic change. I find it very uh, American and brash. I, um, I can has see it, has them it, really has it grown on you at all? Or? Um, I would rather have bottles and brown paper bags um, and <laughs> you know clear glass. I, I get I get the labels with the sponge and the Thomson Brothers, and I like that aesthetic. But I'm not into collecting them for that reason. But yeah, I I still think it looks a bit gnarly, or you know I'm expecting you know almost like college, American college, like very brash and bold and um, the bright colors. Mm. It's not for me, but it's, but the whiskey, um, the 10 I, I've still got there is, is really good. So as long as it doesn't mean the price starts to shoot up, then, you know, they can stick whatever they want on the label. But you know, it is, it, I find label and packaging a little bit like a trailer, right? Of a movie. And yep. if, if the trailer doesn't make you want to go in, or you're you're saying ah, but the film's good, the trailer sucks. I can I kind of feel like you've missed a trick. Um, and I would say the cartoon stuff. I think personally, the the compass box show showed how you can be in a different space but do it cleverly and classy. I don't find the cartoony stuff very clever. Um, so I do compass think compass box have to pay out a as, huge huge amount on those bottles, don't they? That design, yeah. it's stranger and stranger. Yeah. I'm sure. But, and, and you know, as much as anything within design or pack, you know, as soon as there's a rule, you can manipulate that. But I just, I, I kind of agree that the, the cartoon stuff for me doesn't yeah. mesh. If you think about what the target audience is for Stranger and Stranger, though, for Compass Box and other, I mean, other people use them as well, there are, you know, it's really aesthetically pleasing. It's really pretty and, and striking and all the rest of it. Those... Those whiskies are commercially available, albeit in whiskey retailers and things like that. You're not buying it in the supermarket. But if you take the sponge whiskies as an example, they are, that's an online thing. They put on, this whiskey's now for sale and it disappears. It's not out there mainstream. It's not attractive right. to bring someone into the brand. They, this has got a following. This is people who follow this because they know 
who it is that's bottling it, they know what it is that they're bottling, they know what there is that they're looking out for. They're not looking for... So sure. the, the label, when it comes, everybody goes, oh, I wonder what it'll be this time. And, you know, it'll be, just right. as you say, Roy, there's wee Easter eggs in there and there's all that kind of... So that's not what that's not what the attraction is in sure. that branding. It's not branded to attract people. People right. won't look at it on a shelf and say, I want to try that because of that label. It's not that kind of marketing. It's 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 sure. really the brief is different. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. And also, if you if you imagine that stranger and stranger are going to charge thousands of pounds for a design on a label, but Compass Box are going to sell thousands and thousands of bottles. Exactly. Whereas the sponge is going to have a single cask with a single unique label on it. So, yeah. they, and they something are... that they've come up with is a funny a funny idea for a label, and and you know, and if that's if you follow that brand. That isn't yeah. going to be the thing that's going to make you buy the whiskey, is what I mean. You know, like if you look, there are so many beautiful, new, beautiful packaging, and I'm not suggesting that it's just the packaging that you would go for, but that, that Wireworks bottle is beautiful. McMahon, their packaging is just gorgeous. Mm. It's so attractive. Even the tube that it comes in is beautiful. Yeah, it's just so a shame I about the whiskey. That, well... <laughs> I've not, you know, I don't have much experience of it, so I'm not, you know, like, but there, it, it's not necessary. The argument is like you're not drinking the bottle, but it is nice to have. It's a big, yeah. It's a people a do nice say they comment on it. It's stuff. almost like it's got a, like almost like a hand painted touch to it's it. Beautiful, mm. yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I have the to be fair, in Ignean, I think their whiskey is definitely going to get better. I like some of the things they're doing, and that glass is recycled glass. How, uh -huh. how many super super light as well. How many Italy companies out there are bringing out, yeah, yeah, heavier glass, heavier glass, and 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 you know they're not looking at recycling, but but you still read all the shite that you want to read about how the green they are, and they've just taken what state they're at and played on the positives. There's too much of that going on. So Nicknean, Ardmurkin, and all these kind of distilleries are taking a real approach um, to try and be responsible. The sustainability approach that they're doing I, is, is second to none. But, and, and I do I, think their whiskey, you know, like for what it's worth, I think their whiskey's good, but it's, yeah. What, what about, I mean, you, you, you've called out some positive examples there, Julie. Roy, what would you say in your mind, most recent, let's, let's keep it fairly recent. What, what would you say has been the most successful rebranding or new bottling, new bottle? Right. Well, I have to say, you know, from my job, my business perspective, the worst thing you can do is footer. See if once you do a rebrand or once you have a, a, a brand, stick to it until you cannot have it for some for a reason anymore. There's a, a demonstrable reason to not have it, because if you just rebrand to kind of freshen things up, you end up chasing yourself. Unfortunately, Julie, I know we've got both got love for SMWS, but the society's been more through more rebrandings in the last five years than I can keep in. We kind of keep up account with uh, up with it because we we weren't sure when we talked earlier. There's there's so many rebrandings going there. However, they've still kept that green bottle. They've still got an identity. The overall concept is still intact. So you can you can say that you know they've they've not chucked the baby out with the bathwater. Okay, it's not standard. That's the thing about it. That stand. That's not a standard green bottle. It's a society bottle. It is. Uh, yeah. You're not yep. going to get it on the yep. shelf, are you? You have to be a member, so you've already bought into it. So they could almost yeah. buy anything, put anything on that bottle, and you're you're going to buy it because you've paid for the access. Yeah, but in, I, 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 in, in a futile, in a futile, it's not just about it, the access. You trust it as well. 
in a futile effort to, to try and reframe to keep it positive, Roy, I was asking, what's, what do you think has been the most successful recently? But it's so subjective, right? So for me, I think the Balblair rebranding was ugly and it, it took something that was distinctive and made it plain. Uh, the old Pulteney was a rebranding that wasn't really. There wasn't enough differentiation there, but there was a huge hike in price. That was difficult. So again, we're in a negative territory. Ben Romack, for me, is a successful rebrand right up until they didn't take the opportunity to bring a much more natural product because Ben Romack is the spring bank of Speyside. Why they are still chill filtered and they're beautiful liquid, I have no idea. I'm only ever going to recommend cast strength. Ben Romack, so that's where that you really get that impact. I know we have a soft spot for the 10. I know we still like it. I think the 10 could be double if it was just left alone. The rebranding for Ben Romack is better, much better visually, aesthetically. It was pallid before. The rebrand. They didn't change the liquid. In fact, I'm going to talk myself out of this here a wee bit. I think the the (laughs) liquid in Bin Romac is getting better by the year. Every year, I think it gets better, honestly. Um, But I think that they could have taken the opportunity to just go natural. And and I was quite surprised when they didn't have. However, you know, if they they do make that change in the future, don't rebrand to do it. (laughs) You've got your branding. Stick with it now. Stick with it. Don't Uh footer. Don't mess around. You know, a lot of branding. Look at this for branding. I'm going to hold up the bottle of mellow, mellow corn that I had out last week. Right? Look at it. Look at it. It's so ugly that it's, it's cool. Horrible. But it's it's. Do you know anything else on your shelf that looks like that would look but like you that? You know, you could you could hold that up and it'd be pixelated, and you know, you would know that it's so mellow corn. So distinctive, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so. Is it, and they, is it, is it whiskey get, or is it cooking oil? I can't tell. Right. Exactly. And you get, but you also get the impression looking at that 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 branding hasn't changed in thirty years. Yeah. And that's what yeah. I love. That's why I love the classic malts from Diageo. They haven't changed that in thirty years. Lagavulin 16 still looks like it did. Oban still looks like it did. Dilwini still looks like it did. Even Glenkinchy, despite the, the age statement change, it still looks the same. And I think it's got a, a presence and a bit of a class about that. Let's not talk about price and quality and things. I'm talking about aesthetics and branding. I think it looks good. So I, I'm trying So the most positive, I think the most sex, the, 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 the one that jumps to mind at least, is Ben Romack for me, but I know that's divisive and a lot of people don't agree. They prefer the old branding, like Gregor McQuee, who is also, and the, the, his trade is something of design and aesthetics as well, of course. I, I, I want to dive, I want, I'll pivot off because we could go forever. Or, or, or rather, I want to dive down on, on um, the guy that would rather have it in a brown bag. I'm curious, <laughs> Jason. Park bench. <laughs> Has there ever been a bottle or such that made you go, ah, I quite like that, I'll keep that around, ever in your history of drinking whiskey? What, from a design point of view or from the, the content? Yeah, or like, what was there a bottle that you went, that looks good, I'll use that for an infinity bottle? Uh, no, I'd have to really think hard about that, to be honest. Um, I mean, I, I quite... I quite like the rare malts branding in a way because it's quite dark and foreboding and it tells you everything on the front and then on the back you've got a little bit about the distillery on some of the bottles. So I, And I don't think it's aged badly, whereas I think some branding has aged quite badly. But yeah, I, I, I'm struggling to think of one off the top of my head, but that's why you All need good. a brown paper bag. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, I would um, say um, in terms of branding, I think North Star are really strong. You know? Yes. Yeah, yep. Definitely. He's got it right. Yeah. Yeah. Gordon, I'm curious. Uh, mm. 
if we've got old wizened eyes in mm-hmm. Jason's head, what do what do the newer optimistic um, eyes mm. what have what have they been drawn to in your 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 recent journey? I'm a bit bottle of a magpie. Yeah, I'm a magpie when it comes to bottles. Um, I've actually got a second bottle here that I haven't shown you. Um, I know I was going to open it tonight, but I've not. Um, and I was drawn to this because it kind of represents everything about this distillery and visually. Um, and it, it, it's kind of reminiscent of shipbuilding and lighthouses and it looks sturdy and stoic. Um, and there's a lot of little nuanced design tweaks since getting the bottle that I'm I'm really appreciating. I know um, it's coming. It, good, good. Do you? Yeah. It's not Clanalaki, that's for sure. Uh, it's Stubcross. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Say Clyde Side, yeah. Clyde Side, yep. Stubcross, yeah. Everything about this just screams Glasgow. Absolutely. And yeah. shipbuilding. And I think they've just nailed it, even on the, the bottle. You know, the, they've got gradations so you can measure out what does you've been it, drinking. Does it come oh, with a no brown way, paper bag? Yeah. Because that would scream Glasgow. <laughs> actually, oh. actually, the tube that, that it came in was quite beigey, although they did have the red and beige tube thing. I don't know. I disagree there as well because on the cardboard tube at the very bottom, They've got perforations because it's really hard to get that bottom metal cap off. Oh, so nice! Recycling. Oh. So they've put little nice. Yes, that's good. Uh, no, no, this, this, this is to stop the vacuum thing happening as you, as you no, open it. No, we no. Don't take it away. So, so, so that, <laughs> this is just to tear the bottom off. Yes. See, that's good. They should that's draw lovely. more attention to that. I, yeah, I mean, I usually jump up and down on those things in the driveway, <laughs> and you still kind of get the metal to come yeah. off very easily. You end up yeah. kicking it to get the, the metal and the card separated. I think actually it has a bit of text to say recycle via this perforation. So but that's, but that's can good. I, you know, let's let's give an even account of this. Uh, Are you just going to take it away, Gregor? Mm. Don't Judy. take it away. Well, well, no, what I was going to say was. A brown paper bag doesn't need any separation. It can just get tossed <laughs> into the recycle. And it's only run, it's it's run through the seams of that. That's the only problem. I'll go it's one in- further and I'll, and I'll say Springbank's doing it right and Brook Laddie's doing it right and McNean are doing it right. Offering you without the packaging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. naked bottles. Naked bottles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and it's, Julie's got a wee bit of product placement there. <laughs> she she <laughs> picks up a wee elements of Isla there. I would, I, I would throw in... As far as new bottle design goes, I think what Rassi did was oh, great. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. um Pretty. you know it was it was spot on where they are, it's spot on what they wanted the brand to be. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't follow if it got any awards. I think that was a award worthy. And the fact I um, as far as I know, it was live like um castings of real rocks and such, um that fossils and things, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think yeah. that's it is maybe a bit old fashioned, maybe, or or I don't know. It's maybe not as new as some, but I think it was great. I think it was a stunning piece of design. Well, I, I hope I hope it cost a lot of money to do things like that. So I hope they stick with it and it amortizes over the life of the product and makes it a bit cheaper and things because that wouldn't have been cheap to do. But it was a very distinctive and eye catching bottle. Mm. I would say I, um, I, one that's totally nobody's talking about yet is Harris. When they debut, I was I was thinking about Harris. Yeah, that's yeah. Nice gin bottles. Yeah, they're going to knock it out of the park. I think because that gin have bottle. You, have you seen awesome. it? I, I've not seen it. 
I've not seen it yet, no. Um, oh, the whiskey? But, no, I've not seen it yet either. So yeah. based on your experience of the gin bottles you're gin. talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. And now, even if you visit the distillery that. as well, it's the way the experience is set out and everything, it's all really refined and you can tell that they put a lot of thought and effort into their bottles and how they're presenting themselves. So I think that will be, when it comes, will be something from a design perspective that Gregor will get excited about. Right, I was good. I, I was curious where you were going. Were you talking about the liquid, or were you talking about how it's presented physically? So that's good. I would, I would throw in as well uh, the the yin to that yang of positivity. I think Glen Goyne's most recent rebrand was was good to a point. I think the Swan design um, was a more elegant thing. Goose, uh, uh, sorry, the goose. Sorry, my bad. Uh, one man's goose is another man's swan. Um, yeah, I do think they. Uh, they went the recycling route as well with the packaging that's all cardboard. It does feel a bit overdone. I know Ralphie talked about how much mm. of it there was. The Where it fell down for me was the colour choice of their age statement. It's this deep metal red that makes it near impossible to see. Mm-hmm. You've got to move to get the right angle. Even in some of the photos, you can see it's really it's bad. metallic. It's metallic embossed, isn't it? So it's yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. about a bit of a miss for me that one. But hey ho. So we've got a brown bag and or recycled is where we need uh-huh. to be. I mean, what I do would people like think to see of, a lot of um, Glenallachy because I think it's quite a geeky whiskey like at the moment. I think it's bad, but I wonder if they're mm. going to have to reband if they've got bigger ambitions because it just doesn't work. Well, looks like Billy the Flintstones. Walker. Mm. Billy yeah. Walker said no. Billy, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, again, it was a few years ago now he was interviewed on Akava Vitae. But, um, no, he, he did. He, it wasn't his choice, but he he's a delegator, so he he left it to the people who, who that's their role in things. I think that normally branding, even if, if it doesn't appeal to you at the beginning, you give it some time and it usually... You usually gel with it or start to accept it. Glenallachy has never bonded with me. Still to this day, it's still not. I still don't love well, it. Talk about non-design. Julie's pouring a Kilker, and you know, a there's another example, example yeah. of total design. You know, it's yeah, yeah. I mean, their logo that that look through, um, you know, the the oh, I can't remember the what's the name of the church, Julie, that it's looking at the spire. It's looking at oh no. And you can do Something. it from the distillery, can't you? You can yeah. So, sort of so that's literally wall. that's the view through the hole in the wall in the distillery. Yeah. They've used that as the logo, which I mean, that there is some thought into that. But don't, hasn't Springbank really endeared themselves to us by the fact that they just they care <laughs> about as much as they need to and not a jot more, <laughs> yeah. right? That's they don't even. You're left guessing what batch it is by having to read the ABV and stuff. I mean, that's how. Yes. This is my favourite one. This was gifted to me by our Taiwanese distributor and I carried it home and I came home and went to Campbelltown in January and took it with me. So it had the biggest carbon footprint. (laughs) (laughs) Of any co-caring. Of any co-caring. They gifted it to me as I was leaving because I like Campbelltown whiskey. And I brought it and, home and took it to Campbelltown. Yeah. And did you have a sense that the whiskey was happy it had returned home? Yes, could feel it. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, terrific. The biggest carbon footprint of anything. Well, Gregor, <laughs> you've inspired me to pour one of these tonight. I've poured, I've poured a long one, 16. I love that. Oh, aye. aye, so do I. And, and look, there's only a wee dribble left, but... Yeah. Yeah. 
questionable packaging. Questionable packaging. I don't know what the metal thing is about. Is that leather on the bottom? The leather base. It's full leather, but what it does is it doesn't stick to the, you know, the ridges to stop it sticking normally, but it doesn't make a noise. It's quite a soft thing, but it is a bit over-egged. I don't know what the lug is for, but I like the lug because at least I know it's this 16 packaging, um, the olive green one, and uh, this is just a heartbreaker of a whiskey because they replaced this uh, with a 40% non-age statement, chill-filtered, diluted piece of rubbish and charge the same money oh no they did shivas don't have a great track record when it comes to rebranding <laughs> oh no i i was in love with them right up until that moment and from from then <laughs> to this day no they're bams you know no i still go back i still hope that they're that they're i mean the glenn Levitt that we talked about the illicit the illicit still and the licensed dram you're hoping that it's moving in the right direction but for every move in the right direction uh, they just uh, i it's not that they don't care about whiskey. They don't care about us. They don't care about good malt whiskey. Uh, think of think of the distilleries they've got, Julie. I mean, Glen Talkers. They do care about whiskey, though. I think I think the thing is that they do because mainstream stuff and things that are like your forty percent whiskeys and all that—they're not for you. That's not what you're looking for. Do you know? That's what they don't. They don't care about the stuff that I. But I th- I know and you know what they make at Glen Talkers, what they make at yeah. Tomoa, what they make at Scapa. We know where the whiskies that they make, and we can't get them. We can't access them, and but it's that's because everybody loves their blends. Valentines is brilliant. Well, blends are fl- blends are flat, Julie. Blends are they grown? Where's what when, markets? When Burgie and Gwen Talkers in it. Aye, they and they're my two favourites. So I really do like Valentines, yeah. like, but a wee bit, a wee bit of Milton Duff in there too, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, it's, yeah. Anyway, I I don't mean to be cruel to them, but I think that there's a, there's a lot that could be done. Um, not a lot of effort in order to bring a really good, strong, co- good quality core single malt offering. They do have it at their distillery. You can buy a 50cl bottles of Gorgeous if, if you go to the distillery, which is quite nice. Um, but they don't have anything that's available for it. And even if you go to the distillery, it's not always guaranteed to be there. It's kind of ad hoc, isn't it? An interesting thing that we did at the Whiskey Club, though, if you remember, Roy, we, we bid the... Glen uh, Glenlivet Founders Reserve against the original 12-year-old because people were up in arms about that. Oh, it's not the same and blah, 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 blah. And we did that and Founders Reserve came out top. Aye, that's, that's, see, that's that's not that's not only blowing skirt up a choice. Of, that's really saying bad things about the best whiskey club on the planet, Julie. We, this, oh, is getting, this, is, this is getting edited to do it. This is getting edited to do it. No, but I think I, no, I think here's to keep it in, right? But the, no. the the problem is with that is that they took the twelve year old off the shelf and they replaced it with an on age statement and almost identical packaging at the same price, and then expected people like us to embrace it and say, "Oh, let's be open minded about this." It's but, not going to happen. It's but not. the thing is that these these whiskies, no age statement whiskies, don't necessarily mean that they're rubbish. And they could be putting a good deal of aged whiskey in with something else. And no, but but we know in that that situation, the reason that they went with Founders Reserve is because the stocks. We know that that's you know, uh, Pinot Ricard, Shivas have it came out higher because 
I, I know, and, and listen, and it, it may be, it may be that over time the founders' reserve has become better with more mature stocks. And I don't think I was at the club that night because I would have chucked my toys <laughs> right <laughs> at the pram. I'm just <laughs> I, uh, but, but I mean, I, but I'm, you know, what I'm like for blind tasting. You know, it's all blind. It's got to be blind, and it, whatever yeah. it is, it is. But you, it's not just one comparison of two glasses on a night. It's it's drinking this stuff time after time after time over a long period of I time. And I think that when the founders' reserve first came out. Uh, I'm sorry, it it was uh, objectively poor. Now, it has done a tremendous job for Glenlivet as a brand because Founders Reserve is a cheap, uh, sorry, I don't want to say cheap, a good value, accessible whiskey that people can buy when they pick up, you know, their their bananas and their milk, right? That's, it's there and they can drink it. And people are sitting down having valid experiences with a bottle of Founders Reserve right now. And they've caught up with their stocks now. They've caught back up again, yeah. and it's becoming more and more mature. And they're keeping the Founders Reserve. In fact, they're extending the range, Caribbean rum cask finishes and all the rest of it. So it's it's been a very successful thing. However, the, the, there's no doubt about it that the reason that Founders Reserve exists is because they ran out of the depth of stock in order to keep the 12 year old age statement on the shelf Mm -hmm. there's no doubt but but they just kind of just did a wee switcheroo they just put the the, all the branding looked the same a slight change in color the drop of the 12 year old age statement um you know i know that the old 12 used to be a green bottle and it was quite to be fair it was quite different it wasn't the same it was quite it said glenlivet on it do you do you do you think that your average uh, aisle cruiser in the supermarket would have they would have just picked up the same bottle and, and anyway I, I know it's it's I try not to be too cynical about these things and and we should always try it based on flavor and experience um and I, I accept your point absolutely it's probably um with for for Gordon being a more less I don't know less uh negative <laughs> than the rest of us yeah how dare you <laughs> what what brands stick out on the shelf for you or did initially it wasn't really like that for me um i came to whiskey through glengoyne 18 and from that point it was more just finding like extensions of that you know what what tastes like this but is from a different place yeah, it wasn't that I was cruising round aisles or looking for bottles that stood out. It was more for a, from a flavour perspective. How did um, you do that then? I typed into Google what tastes like Glengoyne 18. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You joke. What you joke. I like about I've, this? Yeah. But I've often, I've, I've kind of, I think I've said to Roy in that in the past, on Dramface, I do think there should be a little, particularly when the reviews are, we've got more, then you're like, if you like this, read this or then you'll see like this, this review, yeah, yeah. you know, because I think, I think there's a lot to be said for that help. Yeah. Mm. Well, I was pointed towards Glenn Farkless, uh, 15, um, and then I went down a kind of sherry cask hole for a while. Um, still there. Still there. <laughs> I am. Um, but no, it, w- it wasn't from a branding perspective, you know, it was more about a flavour front that I went on my quest. If the bottle looks good, then it's fine. But I, for, since then, I have been a bit magpie, you know, Arden Birkin. I'm drawn to them just because I love their bottle yeah. design. Mm-hmm. I tried to get a Wireworks, failed miserably. Lindor's, you know, I love their bottle design. But again, if the spirit doesn't stand up, I'm kind of a bit a bit down about it all. Mm. Yeah, it's got to re- it's got to reinforce yeah. the bottle design. You know, you kind of come out with a cracker and then you open it and it's rubbish. It's got to have the 
the, the foundation. That would be a good one, actually. What you know, how how does the brand, or rather, who's nailed it? Who's got two, the two together, and then where are they opposing? I saw mm. uh, Jason on the Mash and Drum did just a pure bottle design, um, like a bracket versus thing, and it was quite uh-huh. interesting. People were just going head to head, and it was interesting. Yeah, I um, bet, you, bet you it does divide so much opinion as well. Oh yeah, for sure. I was going to ask, segue on the Longmorn actually, so maybe just quickly before we dive into I Am A Distillery. I was curious, Gordon, I realise you're new on the journey, but then just maybe to the others, Mm. um, what, if any, core release that's now gone or changed in a way would you bring back if you could? Ah, the victims of rebranding, right? Discontinued, yeah. Yeah. Scapa. Scapa 16 at 40%, right? Yeah. Definitely. Scapa 16, Glengoyne 17. Yeah. Um, and Old Pulteney 17. Yeah, three good calls. Three good And interesting on the on the age statement there as well. The sweet spot, right? Yeah. The perfect yep. the perfect sweet spot. Um, for me, I'm in the exact same sweet spot. Obviously, I'm drinking the Longmorn 16 right now, and I've said it. I really do miss it. But also Anok had a wonderful ex-bourbon 16-year-old that I miss mm. dearly as well. Uh, I had a bottle of it, but I gifted it to Roddy when I found out how much, much he loved it as well. Um, um, so hopefully I'll get a dram back half of me. But that's that's two that jumped uh, to mind straight away. Um, Glengoyne 17 is a good shout, Julie. Uh, but do you remember... An Ardbeg 17. Oh. Do you remember that? It was just at the start of my whiskey journey. Yeah. Uh, they had a 17-year-old, which was apparently stock. Obviously, it had to be stock before Ardbeg was shuttered and brought back to life. Yeah. So they didn't keep it going for very long. But there's a wee, uh, there's a wee greasy spoon rolling sandwich shop at the end of Glasgow Road, just before you hit the motorway to head up to Stirling. And you can drop in there. And the boy was a whiskey nut. And he used to bring in nice whiskies to sell. And I used to go up and buy a couple of nice bottles, not particularly, 30, 40 pounds. And he had an Ardbeg 17. And he wanted 50 pounds for it. And I wouldn't give him it. And I wouldn't get it. And it sat there for a wee while. And then one day it just wasn't there anymore. But you if wouldn't I, give him it because it was too expensive. I, I'm, I was back in my Gordon Fraser days, right? There's no I'm way I'm going to, to spend fifty pounds on a on a bottle of whiskey. Learn yeah. from this. Yeah, and uh, I it was it just kind of sat there. The box was a wee bit tatty and things. I don't know how long he'd had it. He wasn't asking for a lot of money for it. It was oh one of his God. own. And uh, I, I, mean, I might I might be making a mistake, but I, from memory, that was a fifty quid bottle. <laughs> Uh, that was, I'm going back to 2010, 2009, because I just got a taste for PT whiskey. I bought a Yamazaki 18 in travel retail, and I was at the point in my whiskey journey that, that you're on just now, Gordon, which is why I can assure you that it's not <laughs> going to last. <laughs> so I don't think I paid more than 70 for that, for Yamazaki 18. For an 18? For an 18, You'd buy mm. a case if you knew. I, my God, if I had known then to buy it, like it's hundreds yeah. of pounds now. I don't yeah. think we're in the same position now, though, so I don't think I'll have that problem. You know, you can't get things like that these days 
for oh, that value. But what happens is the thing, the things that yeah. we're buying just now, we will it talk will. about in the next ten years and say, "Oh my God, remember you used to be able to get cocaine heavily heated for this amount of money, like forty honestly. quid." I wish. <laughs> yeah. Well, the concern, the concern, it, that time starts to compress. I think you know you're talking what maybe was that five years, six years ago for the Yamazaki. Yeah, yeah, oh, or even more. No, oh, no ten. So, really but I feel like I feel like it catches up now so much faster that yes. you're you're probably you're probably now only at a five year window. I remember uh, a V pub where Roy was talking about Kilcarran Eight for one of the first times I'd ever heard about it getting talked about. It was in abundance. I'll say in abundance on Amazon, and I left some behind to be like good karma out into the world. You know, I said, "Oh well, I won't clear it out. I'll leave them there." And, you know. <laughs> Now forget it. Yeah, absolutely. But that's good. That can will come back to you, McQueen. That's gonna, you know, whiskey will look after you for that. That's the right thing to do. Don't be greedy. Uh, I think there's a lot. There's a lot of. You had the work in progress range, which was the step before that, which was great, and that was maybe forty-five pounds. Yeah, I think all the work in progress were the same price, weren't they, Jason? Yeah, they were really good value. Sherry cask, bourbon cask. Every bottle was different. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I didn't have a chance to try but there was there were Ardbegs that when Ardbeg first kicked back off again and there were Ardbegs that were called things like while we wait and still young and younger mm. still and all this kind of stuff and we were drinking that stuff like it was 40 odd quid a bottle and now that's fetching a lot Aye. do you know a lot Aye. I know but uh, well, for, for for what it's worth, I would be bringing back Glengoyne fifteen. Glengoyne um, fifteen. Uh, yeah. Have they, fifteen. Is, have they not still got that? Is that not still in their core? No, so, I thought it had gone. No, it went. It went about three years ago, Julie. Oh my yeah. God! Really? I, really? I, okay. And uh, it was the most kind of bourbon cask Glengoyne, so it was really quite unique in their lineup. But was um, there, there? I thought it was. It was that in their twelve with the best ones i thought see when you take uh, the tour well, and you, you have the option of the casks a lot of us go for the bourbon casks it's normally just so good they just don't yeah yeah value it yeah. the the other the other that i would bring back but it has now and i've not actually tried it against the old is the highland park 15 um i managed Ooh. to scoop the last few bottles in this state and it's now come back in this white ceramic circling back to packaging don't know about that call okay um but yeah that's i'm curious mm. to try the head to head yeah i mean, I mean the 15 bit, was we've gone a bit green. quiet on the old uh highland park recently haven't we we've not really heard much from them yeah well i mean you, you can only keep kicking something until it looks like a bag of sick <laughs> and you need to leave it to recover for a while right <laughs> like i mean it was just it was everybody's favorite horse to flog for so long i mean i actually bought i bought a bottle of highland park recently and i'm really enjoying it I think it's a cracking bottle of whiskey. But One of my favourites is Highland Park 18, and it's yeah. so expensive now. Well, I've got a bottle of 18 there as well. It was a gift. I'm glad to have it. But uh, Oh, no, it was that last one a gift. I might have I might have bought that for the channel, that 18. Um, but the one I bought that I'm enjoying is the Cast Strength, Julie. Oh, okay. Highland yeah. Park Cast Strength. It's, yeah. it's really, it's I a good, solid yeah. Highland Park, right back at what Highland Park are good at doing. Mm-hmm. And you know, is it expensive? See, when you compare it to you know, having 12 cast strength that came out, or the Merkins at cast strength, it, no, it's on par price. So we, yeah. 
you, yeah, it's still got the Viking packaging and the things talking about rebranding and stuff, the things that, you know, uh, you know, divided so many opinion at the time. But go back to the whiskey. Highland Park is one of our gem distilleries. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the, the whiskey that can come out of Highland Park is compelling. Yeah. And I think that cast strength that I've got just now is pretty good. If it wasn't so late, I'd be pouring a dram now. <laughs> <laughs> or Orkney. Well, on the topic so, of it being late, um, yeah. I think we should we should pivot around to the the end game that we sign off with, which is I am a distillery. Julie, you're familiar now, right? We we did we did this together the last I think you might, if you remember correctly, <laughs> that I won. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's very true everybody I was, I was, else jumped in it was my second go at it I knew what I was doing, I held back um, I'm ready good, so, so good. Does, that Gordon, mean, you, you... does that mean you're hosting it tonight Julie? no I'm <laughs> no, did you not get the memo? Julie? no no memo for me oh no, no. no. Oh, no. Gordon, have I, you delegated, got one I delegated my win to you if I remember rightly Greg and it was me I know. I'm only joking. Did you have Wolfburn on no. one recently? Was it? Was there a Wolfburn on one? Yeah. Because yeah. I got that yes. at number two, I think, and I was kicking myself I wasn't on the show. But oh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, now when you say number two, do you mean from? All oh, right, I get you. The I think it was one. some. Yeah. It yeah, it was as like near the, the remains of a its former distillery or something. I went Wolfburn, and I was like, "Damn, I'm not uh, there." But yeah. yeah, yeah, that could have been your. You could have done the dance. We had Jenny doing the dance, but Jenny unfortunately, doing the dance, God love her. But unfortunately, she. Well, I don't know spoilers. If anybody hasn't listened to podcast six, this is we're recording podcast eight right now. That was podcast six, and it was a belter of an. Uh, and I, Gregor's, uh, I am a distillery. It's an absolute cracker. So Gordon, but you're familiar with it, right? The the way mm -hmm. we go. Okay, so we're going to go down uh, vague to more refined clues. Uh, you have to go when you think you know. You only get one shot. Hold your water until you're sure, or get cocky and try and snipe it. Absolutely. It's up to and you. And it's with Roy this one, right? Uh, I've got one ready. Do you, do you want it? All right. Sure. Okay. Good. First fact: I am a distillery. No takers. Next fact. I am located on the British Isles. Now that means that you do need to know that the difference between Great Britain is the big island, but the British Isles is all of the islands. All of the islands. Okay. Don't know if it helps you, but next fact. Some including my owners, would say I am an experimental and innovative distillery. Waterford. Next fact. Sometimes synonymous with overpricing, you can buy my special malt on secondary for re less than retail. Gregor's looking good. <laughs> Next fact. Diageo. Jason's nodding. Next fact. Today in 2022, there is a relatively large scale core expression you can actually buy. <laughs> Next fact. While I focus on double distilled malt, I can produce other spirit from different grains. Next fact, I use a mash filter instead of a mash tun. Oh, 
Going too fast. <laughs> Next fact. Yeah. I have a 10-year-old available in the flora and fauna range. Is it Tiananic? <laughs> yeah. Next fact. I am located close to the sea and I'm difficult to pronounce. <laughs> Two 0 to somebody, I think. I am Chaninic. Yeah. Well done, Julie's dance. <laughs> well done. <laughs> two for two. Oh. It sounded like Waterford uh, for the first couple, though. To be fair, yeah, it did. absolutely. I, I, I if I've, I've been really cruel there. It's it's every fact could be Waterford right up until number three. <laughs> I use a mash filter instead of a mash tun. It's Waterford still. They've got a Mira mash mash filter. Um, it's only when you get to have a 10-year-old available in Flora and Fauna that it that deviates from It's really cruel. Gregor, <laughs> you fell into the trap. You did, buddy. Um, fair play to you. Um, but Julie held her water. Is that two for two, Julie? It's two for two, man. Oh, two and a That might make you... That is that raining, champ? I can't remember. Jason, did you get two? Oh, my God. That's surely that's worthy of a medal. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we'll, speak to we'll Roy. Give you a straw. How about that? A straw. <laughs> <laughs> I would be honoured. A drum feed straw. If this straw ever exists. <laughs> ah, terrific. Terrific. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, the, nice one. Um, these folks don't know about the new widget. Well, I was about to go there. I was going to say, um, oh, actually, all people on the pod, the, the the guests don't know either. Yeah, we 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 wanted to try something new and and get a, a, an increased level of uh, interaction with the listeners. So what we've done is um, fired up this little widget that's on the members page posting of the podcasts, um, and it's basically like a a little answer phone that you can call. We're calling it. We've we've I think it was unofficial last time, but I think we can say it's officially called the Dram O Phone. Mm. Um, and rather than write a comment, you're welcome to leave it as a message. So you just record on your phone and then you, you can listen back to it if you're not happy with it. And then you just fill in your name, your email, send it, and we'll get it. And the thinking is that we can pull those in to the podcast and you can essentially be part of a podcast um, and your voice will be heard and comment shared and question posed. So it's so fun. It's going to be like the football phone-in line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. That's right. So, so <laughs> it'll work. People will be able to leave a recording. They want to feedback or make a comment or ask a question and ask us anything type thing. And we'll feature the best ones on future podcasts. Um, and obviously, we'll play it here. Um, it'll be fed. You'll be able to hear yourself back on the podcast. Uh, and it'll just kind of sound like you're part of the conversation. Well, we hope that that's the case anyway. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Jason, idea. Jason, good luck. Good luck trying to input a GIF into the Dram 04. I don't think that will work. <laughs> He'll try it. Somebody will do something. I know that. Yeah. I'm sure. That that'll be the end of year. Um all the things that didn't make the cut, we'll share them. Yeah. We need to we need to apologize. It's just something that's out to members just now. We're obviously trying it and giving it to members first, the people who are making this thing exist, the people who are making the wheels turn right, the the people who, who are supporting us so they, they get to try it first um and we'll see how it works and in time uh, you know we're, we're going to go how many seasons how many episodes are in a season gregor 
Uh, we're shooting for 12. So this is eight. We've got four more. Four more to put so, to record. Good. So we would we would hope by the next one we might have some uh, some community interaction on the Drammel phone. So the the number is live. Well, I know time. I know that the Dallases of this world, the Wallies, you know, the Doogie Crystals, the Eerie Argyles, you know, they're all they'll chime in, and it's just going to be interesting to hear what those guys sound like, right? That's right. <laughs> There was discussion. There was discussion about voice changers and everything um, to keep up yeah. the anonymity. I kind of um, like the wee guy in Govan to be complaining about the manager of a distillery with the with the changes that's been happening. That's, <laughs> that's exactly yeah. what we're hoping to get. Uh-huh. Yeah, just be great. Aye, just, like the football phone. In like the football I'm phone. In, absolutely. Like I'm sick of this. I've got a thing. I've got a thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I fingers be. crossed. Could be good. Oh, I really hope so. <laughs> Julie, get some Let's pals. You, 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 <laughs> you know, hunters of folk with that accent, right? <laughs> the next, Julie, the next whiskey tasting, just start passing the gramophone around and we'll see if magic comes in. Tell me what you think. Just tell me what you think. <laughs> so good. Well, thank you guys uh, for joining us, and uh, thank you guys even more for listening. We really do appreciate all the comments and the interaction, so chime in and join in, and we'll catch you on the next one. Cheers. Cheers, Gregor. Cheers. Cheers. I don't think it sounds like that word in Scots. No. And English but, and yeah, so many but, other accents. Uh-huh, but the yeah. rest of the world. So if you <laughs> the west of Scotland, it sounds like barking. Yeah. But for the rest of the world, it sounds like... Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think of an, uh, an accent that we're wouldn't. Australian is like... Yeah. Yeah. English. All of them. Yeah, that fucking... All of them. <laughs> that fucking yeah. distillery. Yeah, yeah, we can't, we can't call it farkin. You can't call it farkin. Can we call it farkin? Yeah. <laughs>